0: Hello, Tim. Hey, you doing, Stephen? I'm doing well. How are you? Um, not too bad. As you can see, the sun is shining bright, so I'm trying to find a good angle so that you uh, you don't uh, get blinded by my bald head.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> it's the perfect angle. It's almost like the I used to watch "Touched by an Angel" with my family at, when I was like five years old. So it reminds yeah. me, reminds me of that. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great show. I don't think any of them had as manly of a beard as you did, so I think
0: I don't know, man. Uh, what's his name? That played uh, Mr. French, not Mr. French. Um, uh, he played his best buddy on Little House on the Prairie.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's true. But he, I... was
0: the, he was pretty good. He was pretty good in that show.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, oh, Highway to Heaven. That's what it was with um, with uh, 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 Michael Landon. That's
1: right. Oh, no. Yes. That's right. Re- yeah. I think
0: his name was Victor French, if I'm not mistaken, the guy that played. I think But you're, I could be wrong. I'm I don't remember.
1: I think yeah. you're right. I haven't thought about this since <laughs> my childhood. So it's very cool to have your, your head bring back those memories. There you go. Oh, man. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Stefan, by the way, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Do you go by Tim or Timothy, by the way? Hey, you could call me Tim. That's great. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. And uh, this is a comedy advice podcast where we give advice with a little bit of comedy sprinkled in. So okay. we, we've got some questions from fans that they've sent in that, that are they're just itching for us to answer. So we're going to give them that ointment in the form of advice. But before we do, I'd like to get to know my guests as, as well as my listeners, Tim McLaughlin, actor, writer extraordinaire bearded wonder (laughs) that's right (laughs) that's
0: right maybe i should get on the uh mount rushmore uh, list how about that you're
1: not already on it i thought Uh, i should be i think Uh, you need to be sped up Uh, although i don't know how long it would take to get the details of the beard in how how many years has that been in the works by the way
0: it's not years
1: it's actually just months
0: um i started i started growing it i had kind of a short Short beard, well trimmed. Um, back around this time, and starting when the pandemic hit, I said, "Oh man, I gotta, I gotta do something
1: different." So I've been growing it since March. So just about a year. Yeah. Wow! Wow! It looks incredible. Almost as if it, it it needs a name. Almost, it started to take a life of its own. That's amazing. <laughs> My wife
0: says I should start its own Instagram account. <laughs>
1: that's what she said
0: i said i don't want to do that because i'm afraid it's going to get more followers than me
1: (laughs) i (laughs) mean irrelevant if people are taking instagram accounts for their cats and dogs i don't see why a beard would be a problem i i i can't i can't argue that (laughs)
0: yeah
1: beardograms trying to think of hashtags for that uh folic uh no, but anyway, anyway, we're here to talk about you, not the beard. You're an actor. I've seen you in CSI. You've also been in Monk. You've made a lot of different appearances and wanted to go way, way back. That's not a dig at you being old at all, but maybe just a little far back to when you were young and uh, you ended up starting to get into it. I heard on in an interview to impress a girl to get into acting.
0: Yeah, that was back in high school, you know. God, what kid doesn't want to follow a girl around that he's, you know, totally enamored with when he's in high school? Oh, so I was so—I really was. I was—I was so head over heels for this girl, and she was in the drama club, and I had to be part of the drama club if I wanted to hang out with her, you know. So that's where it all started. Yeah.
1: Oh man, and then how did it end up with the girl? Is that your wife right now, or is that? Yeah, no. Oh, God, no, 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 she still uh, didn't have much interest in
0: me. So, hey, those were the breaks. You know, I ended up uh, having another girlfriend my senior year in high school. And then we went on to, you know, prom. And then after that, it was, you know, college. I was on my own then. I didn't meet my wife until after I graduated college. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Probably was for the best because (laughs) I was I needed to be more mature to handle that kind of a situation. (laughs)
1: Yeah, You know, I will agree with you. I as well. I had my fair share of um, smitten moments where I liked girls in high school and some of them worked out, some of them didn't. But I think if I had married one of them, I don't know how happy I would be. And definitely not as happy as with my wife that I met after college. And she is perfect Bing,
0: ding. good score
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. two points <laughs> <laughs> yeah swish so uh, but wanted to talk a little bit more about the acting so you got into it and then it kind of stuck or did you just keep going into it sounds like you were in the drama club so it was more um like stage acting and yeah and that type of yeah. thing wow nice. yeah no
0: i i i loved it from the moment i i was on stage um just getting reactions from the audiences, making them laugh, you know, bringing out those emotions really connected with me. And uh, even though that wasn't my original um, major when I went to college, I actually was an oceanography major, if you can figure that out. But after about a a year, uh, I just couldn't stay away from it. I sort of jumped from oceanography to journalism and right into theater and uh, film and acting. And that's what my degree ended up being a bachelor of fine arts from there. I went to universal studios in Orlando and got a job out of college and Mm -hmm. really, uh, really pushed forward with it then.
1: At what point did you realize that oceanography wasn't for you? (laughs) When I went up to my professor and I said, so
0: what am I going to be doing with this degree? And he says, you're going to do one of three things. He says, you're either going to be teaching with me in a couple of years, He says, you're going to be out on that oil drilling rig testing for mineral samples, or you'll be feeding Shamu down at SeaWorld.
1: Oh. So I was like,
0: and he said, he said, the odds of the SeaWorld gig are slim to none. I said, oh, I had all these dreams about being like Jacques Cousteau and traveling all over the world. And he goes, yeah, he goes one out of maybe a million. He says, so go buy a
1: lottery ticket and you'll have a better shot at it. Oh man, so you waved yeah. it goodbye, and uh... I did.
0: I said, Well, I'm not spending uh six weeks at a time on an oil drilling rig. I said, That's definitely not, yeah, that's not in the cards for me. So, yeah, so I moved on from it. You know, I still have a passion for the ocean, I love the ocean, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that
1: didn't work out. Man, I also I, I do love the ocean, but I don't get much of it living in Arizona. We've got uh, yeah. oceans of sand, but no none of the water type. I think we also try and we try and um, make believe or or put things together that we call beaches. We've got Lake Havasu with mm-hmm. the little beach there, but um, other than that, it's it's a dry. Yeah hot place yeah. with no oh,
0: that, well you know i've got my in-laws live in flagstaff so uh it's quite nice up there you know you're right right there by the grand canyon you get all the weather uh seasons and uh but uh you know it's just you know it's a different way of life
1: yeah that's you know? very true in it's fun fact in because those are the only facts i like but flagstaff arizona gets more snow than buffalo new york
0: that is a very interesting fact. It, I'll have to I'll have to let my my in-laws know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so strangely, it doesn't accumulate the snow like it does it accumulates yeah. in Buffalo, but because of the high elevation and I don't know what other factors go into it, but it snows mm-hmm. a lot there and some points it is the coldest place in the continental United States, not including Alaska. It's just, I don't know what time you visit. I don't know.
0: Texas should have something to say about that right now.
1: Oh my gosh. I was going (laughs) to, I, oh, I've been following. I usually don't listen to the news that much. I try to stay out of it, especially with the bad things going on right now. However, uh, my fellow Texans, I mourn for them because I was just hearing that they have to boil their water now because the plants that refine and and treat their water are now down. So Mm It's Yeah,
0: my sister lives just outside of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, and they live on a ranch, and so they have a well, so they're happy they don't have to boil their water, because they have a well, but uh, boy, she's been just crying a river the last couple of days with the on and off kind of electricity that's been going on, and uh, you know, those damn windmills, and <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Oh man! Well, I, I hope it gets warmer soon. I th- I I don't think it even hit here in the Southwest, did it? I heard it yeah. hit uh the Northeast yeah. pretty hard and Texas hard, yeah. but um
0: and the Northwest. My 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 son is up in Spokane. He's been dealing with uh, single digit temperatures, so uh, it's kind of like it's 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 dude it does this big giant U, you know? The jet stream came down and it just literally just right into Texas, right out you know <laughs> and it's it's brutal it's brutal but no it's nice it's like uh 68 degrees here in uh, southern california and um and then my mom lives in uh, florida and it's been in the 80s down there so she's oh my uh, gosh, yeah You're, she's said uh, she's happy
1: your family <laughs> is like t-mobile you've got national coverage everywhere oh, yeah
0: yeah yeah yep. i got another brother in atlanta georgia right now and i've got uh i've I got another brother in Tennessee. So, oh my yeah, God. my family is literally, yep, you know, we needed to spread out, you know, be just far <laughs> enough away from each other not to, uh, you know, so we'd miss each other just enough,
1: right? Oh, good, good. I was hoping yeah. a Thanksgiving didn't go awry and then everyone was like, <laughs> I need some space. You get this territory, you get Northwest, you get Florida. Okay,
0: that's uh, You know, different personalities, you know, my brother, uh, my uh, my younger brother, he moved to Tennessee about a couple of years ago and mm. um, semi-retired. He's military retired and uh, he's happy as a clam there. And and my other brother was here in California, but uh, the whole COVID Gavin Newsom rules and everything destroyed his business, so he had to move to Atlanta. Oh, because you know, yeah. he's a he's a musician, and him and his wife are musicians, so
1: hmm.
0: you know they uh, they do independent. You know concerts and things like that for youth so mm-hmm.
1: yeah i yeah. was gonna ask too because you so you have two brothers and then there's you do you have any other siblings i have, th- I have three brothers
0: oh. and me and uh, a sister
1: yeah oh okay i have yeah. two brothers and two sisters so there you go You yeah. the middle kid i'm the oldest yeah believe it or not okay. i know I, I don't look responsible because i'm You're not
0: <laughs> You're the crash test dummy, right? That's what I you was were
1: growing up. The free babysitter for my parents. <laughs> That's what I was. Oh yeah.
0: That's that too. Free babysitter. And hey, let's find out if this works on our first kid, and then
1: <laughs> then we'll know what to do on the other four. Right? Pre- yeah, pretty much. But yeah. I was gonna ask amongst your siblings. So you said one was um an, an a uh, musician. Did you grow up in a family of entertainers, and did that help cultivate the acting? I know that was a little bit serendipitous with the the pursuit no. of love, but no, no, it was... no.
0: Uh, I, my uncles, I, my two uncles are uh, one uh, was an artist for DC Comics, and uh, another one was just an all around artist. And my father was a, an athlete; he was a baseball player. And then uh, my mom was a little Italian lady who was pretty much a stay-at-home mom until I, you know, turned into my teens. And then, and they were both real estate agents. So no, no, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of entertainment uh, background from my mom and dad. No. Hmm.
1: I think there's a fair amount of entertainment in little old Italian lady. Cause my mom no. also Italian lady, <laughs> there was a lot of mamma mia going around. It was yeah. a wonderful oh, yeah. time.
0: Oh, the Christmas, the Christmas dinners at my grandparents' house were epic. I mean, uh, it was like, all right, we're going to get there at 10 o'clock. We're going to start eating at 1030 and we'll be done at around 115. So (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those four hour meals. That was just it was great. And of course, trying to keep a bunch of uh, seven and eight year old kids sitting at a dinner table for three hours is is not a good idea. Back when there were no video games to play.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So going back to your your um, acting path, I know that you got your you you switched from oceanography, waited onto the shore to get your uh, degree in. You switched to journalism, then switched to. um, Yeah, yeah, I did
0: journalism for about a semester, and and uh, you know, I just i I couldn't wait anymore. So yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. I moved over to moved over to theater and fine arts.
1: Nice. And then so uh, curious, once you finish your degree, what's the next step for going out and pursuing uh, jobs, gigs, uh, whatever the terminology is for it? You know, God I and- sat
0: back and I, I, I remember back and, and, and I, I try to think if any of the classes I took in college actually did any good in the real world. And, um, uh, sad to say for the most part, no, they didn't. Uh, I'd say maybe about Three of my classes I took. Um, there was a lot of good, I, I did learn a lot of good skills. Um uh, carpentry. <laughs> I learned some good carpentry because everybody in the theater department had to learn how to build the sets. Um, I also got really good at sound designing because I was uh I did a lot of sound designing for some of the productions. But so yeah, you get a little you get a little side skill that you didn't know you'd uh and you and I, I certainly did use that in the real world.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: but but it really wasn't until I came out to California. Um, I spent nine years working at Universal Studios. I did all their live stage shows. And, wow. and that was great. Um, uh, one of my favorites that I did was the, uh, the Ghostbuster show, which uh, ran for four years. I played the Rick Moranis' Lewis Tully character, that, uh, that, the nerd uh, you know, guy that was their accountant. <laughs> and that was, a great, that was a great fun role to do. Lots of great fun and um worked with some really great people i got to work with um uh let's see uh, several uh big big well-known actors uh i believe um wayne brady oh. uh, he was there he was there on the on the property he was doing a different show and i don't think we crossed paths but um uh uh cheryl hines uh, was one that uh, that was right there. She worked a couple of times at the Ghostbuster show, and she also did some work at the Nickelodeon studios before she came out to Hollywood. But, uh, I mean, you know, it was really a great place to cut my teeth in the industry and, and just learn how to perform as an actor to, to basically pay my bills, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was going to ask too, so that was all live mm-hmm. versus when you're on screen, if something doesn't go right, just take two, yeah. but live, I guess it gets easier every time you do it. But what is yeah. it, what is it like? I mean, I'm sure people are bound to make mistakes. Things aren't bound to go perfect. How are you able to recover from that or what? what's the protocol for going <laughs> it's on? It's called wing it. It's called <laughs> wing it. <laughs> Improvise. It's, and, and, and it was really, it's really
0: funny because we used to do up to six shows a day. Um, each show was about 35 minutes long and, uh, we used to get bored because we knew the lines so well. So of course it was, it, it was our own little version of the Carol Burnett show. We'd try to find stuff to throw the other actor off and, uh, uh, you know, we get in all kinds of, of trouble and stuff like that. But it, it was a blast because it kept, uh, it kept us fresh. It kept us enjoying the show. And uh, the audience loved it, you know, especially if they came back and saw it multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, you know, it was just a way to learn how to um, how to navigate live stage. And I did; I learned a whole lot. And it's a lot; it is. It's a lot different than than film and television, mm-hmm. like you said. You get like a bazillion takes, and mm-hmm. you know, until you get it right.
1: Hmm. and then for the television I, I obviously in the opening credits that i crafted for you on mm-hmm. from your imdb page as well you've had a lot of different roles on tv and um i think a movie coming out as well but
0: I- yeah yeah covid kind of put the put the brakes on that and so we're still waiting to get into production on it and while the covid hit it, uh, I think the writers decided to do some rewriting on it. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, it'll be happening this summer. So.
1: Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And did you just act in in what is the title of the film?
0: The Warrior of Eight Flags is the name of the film, the... and it's a really really cool. It's it's you know martial arts. Um, it's got some really really good plot. Uh, plot uh, matter to it and so we'll just have to wait and see you know uh, it's it's tough because when you have a schedule to film and then something like a pandemic hits it sort of blows everything up and it's kind of like all the actors are now spread out and you have to reschedule a shooting window to get all the actors back in and a lot of these actors they've got other projects that they've already put on their books mm. you know that they're going to be in so it, it is it's it's really hard if. You know a production gets put on hold it's really hard to get those actors back at the same time working together because they're not sitting still either they're they're on other projects yeah so,
1: interesting yeah. interesting and then i'm sure i don't know how long the covid protocols are gonna go i heard about how yeah. the night the average nightmare now of an actor is tom cruise under their bed yelling at him because that was <laughs>
0: that. well you know, I give, I give Tom Cruise a little bit of credit on a couple of things. First of all, I heard, um, I'm pretty sure my, re- my, uh, my resources are pretty accurate. Um, he actually put a lot of his own money into mm. protocols for the COVID, for the set. In fact, I heard he like spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. He rented, rented two cruise ships and had them docked and used both of those cruise ships as housing for the cast and crew of while they were filming so you know to keep them all in one place and keep them all under protocol and everything so you know hey somebody's going to spend a couple hundred grand of their own money yeah, they have every right to blow up a little bit here and there so you know oh, yeah my dad kind of sort of yeah my
1: dad blew up over way cheaper things so i <laughs> yeah i agree with that but yeah i'm sure that it's even difficult that with with, like you had said actors are more spread out they've got other things going on so trying to regroup them i also heard that actors are um uh not just actors but some people that live in new york some people that live in la they've started to just move to other cheaper places maybe where they were grown growing up or whatever because it's Mm -hmm. just so expensive and they were challenged with finding work or steady streams of income so yeah um, yeah that's i mean
0: that's why my brother moved to atlanta uh georgia and the atlanta area has been booming with film and uh so you know i i i, I may get there s- myself this year i don't know i may go to florida and work down in the south i don't know it's you know california's still got some pretty strict protocols but a lot of the filming is either up in canada now or it's it's on locations in a lot of places. You know, mm-hmm. for example, Yellowstone, which is my favorite right now. That's really what I'm really, really trying to get on that show. But they film out in Montana, you know, for the most part, and mm. and a couple of uh, there's a couple of films in Oklahoma going on. New Mexico is really big. You know, it depends on the state and what kind of incentives they want to give these production companies.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I remember hearing about with New Mexico with breaking bad where they had talked Mm -hmm. about oh yeah we were going to do it in california i think it was california but then it was just so expensive and new mexico gave some incentives so then they ended up filming Mm -hmm. there and then i think with georgia too like you had said they're saying that's like the hollywood of the east now because so much stuff is being filmed there which is
0: everybody thought florida was going to be that back in the uh, early 90s they thought florida was going to be the place to film because it was a right to work state. And so they didn't have to follow as stringent union rules and, Mm -hmm. and they were building sound stages everywhere. And, you know, I did a, I did an HBO miniseries in 1998 called from the earth to the moon and, um, you know, produced by Tom Hanks. And that was done at the Disney studios there. So, and some of the stuff out at Cape Canaveral, obviously, but yeah. I mean, you know, they were they were shooting a couple of they were shooting a TV series called Point Break mm-hmm. um, up in uh, Jacksonville, I think it was. So hmm. and then uh, Sequest, that was a TV series, Sequest, starring Roy Scheider. And that was filmed at Universal Studios. And of course, Nickelodeon had all their programming was being done there at the Nickelodeon Studios. And so,
1: that's yeah, there was. Gosh. So yeah, there was a lot of stuff yeah I, re- I was gonna say i remember when i was a kid seeing that that globe what, for a lot of the nickelodeon shows in in mm-hmm. florida and huh fascinating well i was gonna ask one more question before we get into the advice post-covid things start to lighten up everyone wow. gets vaccinated herd immunity um uh, assuming we don't all die what are your plans <laughs> you had mentioned <laughs> possibly going to georgia um you know what are you hoping to do? And, and, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: battling that. I'm hoping that I don't have to because I can't stand mosquitoes, man. Those suckers are just the worst. And, uh, I, I, I had a traumatic experience as a kid with mosquitoes. I was, I was out screwing around outside in my house. We were throwing frisbees back and forth, and I busted my bedroom window of all the windows in the house. I broke my bedroom window. And as punishment, my dad made me sleep with, no window repair for one night in the heat of the summer. And I woke up in the middle of the night and there were like at least 30 mosquitoes flying around the corners of all. the room. (laughs) I was freaking out. I didn't sleep all night. I was like eight or nine years old or something like, no, that was about 12. And, and it was just, it, it was hysterical. My mom came into my room at like one in the morning, turns the light on. I've got a can of bug spray. I'm standing on my bed shooting all the bugs up in the corner, the- just freaking out.
1: Oh no. But,
0: yeah, so I'm not a mosquito fan. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. <laughs> fair fair to say I, I haven't met a mosquito fan yet, but I am also very anti-mosquito. I remember when I was a kid, I got stung so badly on a camping trip. I came back uh-huh. to school and the red I was covered in red dots. The principal thought I yeah. had chicken pox. And they're like, he's got to go home. And I was like, no, it's just mosquito bites. Yeah. And apparently Arizona, we, my wife and I, we, we just moved back here a couple of years ago from Jersey. We both worked in New York and we moved back here, horrible mosquito infestation. And especially in the monsoon season, I remember really? we were going and we used to live in a condo and there was a gym. So I would walk from the apartment to the gym and I remember clouds of mosquitoes, and I didn't realize it until I was halfway there. So I was like, "Should I run back? Should I run to the gym?" So I just sought yeah. refuge in the gym, swatting away mosquitoes. And I—that oh, it was, was in Arizona.
0: Uh, yeah, in
1: Arizona? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, I,
0: I, that's really un—I un, uh, mean, unheard of as far as from what I've heard of, because it's so dry down there. I didn't think that. uh, but then again, monsoons will bring out all the
1: bugs. That's true. I guess this is where the the old bugs come to retire because it's just full <laughs> of them. And I, I, my friend, he is getting into real estate and he does flips and stuff. And I was walking a property with him and I was asking him questions. And I was asking, oh, you guys have all this work to do on the house, but you, f- you fixed the pool and filled it immediately. What's up with that? And he's like, there are planes and helicopters that go over neighborhoods and houses to check to make sure a pool doesn't have just a little bit of water that the green uh-huh. water and it's not treated because yeah. mosquitoes will just flock there because of yep. the infestations that we have. And then they'll yeah. just wreak havoc on <sighs> everybody close with them. So.
0: <laughs> Dang. I guess, that's
1: crazy. Yeah. I well, guess you know, New, New
0: Jersey and New York, I grew up as a kid in Connecticut and, uh, we used to go, uh, we used to do summers at Lake Packong up in, uh, uh, northern part of New Jersey there or middle middle part of the state oh, okay and in yeah. yeah, the summers yeah I mean I'm dating myself but we used to go there for fourth of July weekend and uh, we'd go to the the they had a this really cool um, Bertrand's Island it was kind of had, had the roller coasters and the kid rides and everything it was yeah. an amusement park of days gone by I mean you know they obviously bulldozed it under and put condos up I think Mm-hmm. But it was a great place to grow up as a kid. We'd go to visit family and friends up there at the lake. And I just, all I remember are the lightning bugs and the mosquitoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, now that I'm married, my my wife, she's much more prepared than I am. So we always bring bug spray. But I remember sure. those two things in Jersey as well. And, it, you know, uh, Jersey gets a bad rap, I think, in a lot of cases. Yeah. but. I yeah. loved living there and going down yep. to the Jersey shore for the, the weekends and going to the beach, the ocean. It was, it was a good time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I mean uh, the area that I lived in Connecticut was so rural. I mean, it was like, it was like stepping back into the pilgrim era. I mean, we lived in this teeny little town called Monroe and they had oh. a little town town green there. It was like Mayberry it really was, it was something huh. down in Norman Rockwell. And it was a great place, but uh, I mean, obviously things grow and get congested and, but there is, there's areas up, up there in, in upstate New York and New Jersey that are just, just gorgeous, just
1: gorgeous. Yes. Yes. Oh man. A little splash of nostalgia coming over. America. Yeah, I know. I didn't expect to talk about that, but Hey, that's great. <laughs> that was a great, yeah. That was great to wash us off of the mosquito talk. Cause uh, I Yeah. Having, yeah. I it started itching
0: here for a minute. I'm like, oh, right, let's get out of this conversation.
1: Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of itches, some of our fans are itching for us to be able to give some advice. So we're going to go ahead and answer some questions. But before the questions, I usually like to get me and my guest inspired with a nice inspirational quote. So I've got one here. But in case my guests have any, I usually open up the floor to them to see if they have any inspirational quotes that help them through their dark days or just get them motivated when they're just not feeling it. So, Tim, do you have any inspirational quotes? <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: get what gets me through the day is different types of music. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really. Uh, you know, my my mom stuck that serenity prayer on my wall, you know, every day, you know, grant me the ability to control what I can and what I can't.
1: And, yeah,
0: you know, whatever I can't control, just offer it up and forget about it. But uh, as far as quotes in and of themselves, uh, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Back to the Future, you know, when he says, Doc, you. Built a time machine out of a DeLorean. I mean, that's one of the greatest quotes in the, in the history of film. It really is. So, uh, it, it, as a matter of fact, that movie is extremely inspirational to my career. Um, I mean, that when I, in the summer of 1985, I had just finished my first year and I was like, you know, out of oceanography and I'd just gone into journalism and I'd watch that movie over the summer of 85 and I go, yeah i'm i'm definitely going to be an actor and you know <laughs> and that was it that was doc brown and marty mcfly totally influenced my career path
1: oh that's awesome that's really yeah. cool oh man i'm i'm very yeah. glad you i'm glad for you that you didn't get into oceanography because it just sounds... oh god
0: i would be i, I probably would look the same <laughs> i'd probably look like some some ocean seafaring captain uh but i <laughs> Yeah, losing his marbles though <laughs> you know so it, I definitely would would probably look much the same
1: it yes that is an ironic twist you've you've ended up appearance wise to look yeah, like yeah. A, an oceanographer beautiful yeah I
0: just had I just had a I just had a, com- I just had a commercial audition for a sea captain
1: a couple of days ago so
0: I'm going okay <laughs> there we go getting back to the water
1: <laughs> Love it. I hope you make a splash there. Well, thank you for the inspirational quote. I've got one too. This is not by any person or or from any movie. This is actually by a robot. And the robot's name is Inspirobot. And its main purpose in life is to take AI and use some of the wisest words known to man or woman and just mash them together for a sometimes insightful, sometimes nonsensical quote. So... I'll read this quote, and then, Tim, you can help decipher what you think it means. <clears throat> so InspireBot This Week says, Say a prayer for who you want to say a prayer for. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> say a prayer for who
0: you want to say a prayer for. Oh, man. That's, that's, very, uh, that's very philosophical. Um, what to decipher, what I think that means is, uh, pray for your choices and your decisions that you're going to make in life by, I want to say by praying that others make you a better person, praying that you surround yourself with others. That's kind of sort of what I've deciphered
1: at. Mm. That is very profound and very much less selfish than what I was thinking, because what I was thinking is there are so many people that might say, hey, please send thoughts and prayers. Please pray for me, blah, blah, blah. And they're just the list grows on and on and on. And it can be exhausting. And you're by the time you go to bed at night and you're like, "Okay, where are my thoughts and prayers going? And you've got this long list. You're like, oh, no. And you don't have time and you get stressed. <laughs> so I was thinking, Inspirebot was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Start with who you want to pray for and then you can continue to, uh, down yeah. the line. So, you know, if you
0: can't pray for yourself, then how are you going to be in the position to pray for other people? So,
1: Exactly. If your spiritual you battery isn't charged, then you can't charge other people's.
0: Yeah, I tell my kids that every day. I say, you know what? The first person that you have to take care of is yourself. Because if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be in the position to take care of others.
1: Oh, man. I, oh, yeah. I love that advice. And, and I feel like yeah. you have very lucky children because I feel that it's so important. And sometimes I feel a little selfish for trying to take care of myself, whether it's um, doing something I'm passionate about or doing something that really helps revitalize me but yep. when I think about it from the perspective of do I want to be in the presence of other people miserable thinking about the things that I wanted to do and didn't do or mm-hmm. be with them in their presence and and be able to be jovial and cheery and spread my love and joy so I totally yeah. agree with your statement
0: yeah but it's hard I mean we're human beings there's been days when I've sat here and just grudged on everybody you know <laughs> hate you and I hate you and I, you know, and then you sit there and after you finish pointing fingers at everybody, you sit back and you go, oh, that felt good. And then you sit there, you go, all right, now what? Oh, oh yeah. How about putting a little blame on yourself? And then you start doing that and then you feel better and then, then you can move on and you can have some peace, but it it does. It always ends, starts and ends with you. And then uh, somewhere in between, yeah, yeah, you can throw a little blame here or there, but in the end, it always comes back. It's always on you.
1: Agreed. Right? It's like a big old, yeah. that's why the you goes like this because it starts with you and ends with you. That's.
0: Yeah. And remember one finger pointing there's, there's fingers pointing back at you, right?
1: Oh, there you go. That's it. Gosh, it's just tons, <laughs> tons of little little, little nuggets,
0: little nuggets, right? God. I if should I... like, uh, I should like go to, uh, what is it? I should move over and be one of the, those monks. You know, one of those uh, 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 philosophers uh, and sit with the Dalai Lama, you know, and <laughs>
1: and exchange oh, all of these things. <laughs> I I love it. And you could give it that badass look, too. So you could be yeah. the badass monk and you could just have yeah. these little quips and sayings that.
0: Wouldn't have to shave my head. It's already there.
1: You know? <laughs> so as long as they don't mind the facial hair, these guys,
0: you know. But I don't know, I, orange and red, I don't know if those are my colors. So, you know,
1: the robes. And- that's Yeah, that's fair. You know, I mean, make your own. You've got the own st- your style with the beard, because I don't think the monks, maybe, yeah, I don't know why they don't have beards, but you've got yours, so make your own Yeah, colors. I don't know how
0: the heck they shave, too. I mean, you know, what do they got? They go into the uh, bathroom, and they grab out a Bic, uh, you know, four-blade, triple-blade, and uh <laughs> just- or they have some? Do they have some kind of a drink tea or something that they drink and it just falls off, so they never have to shave? You know, kind of, kind of do it internally. I don't know. Uh-oh. That would be.
1: <laughs> there probably is some sort of tea that does yeah. that, and I would like that yeah. because shaving every day is very annoying for me. Oh people. man, yeah, yeah. But I, anyway, good good tidbits. This is great. We'll we'll workshop that. But we've got some questions from fans that they've sent in. This first one is from our fan Sandy. And uh, she found it on Reddit. And this one says, how do I, and I'm an 18-year-old male, get over my anxiety of talking on the phone? I have to make an important phone call into an office. However, I have bad social anxiety that extends to talking over the phone. It is probably since most people my age text. But what are some ways that I can muster up the courage to make this call? Tim, have you ever had anxiety talking on the phone?
0: Oh, I, I've never had anxiety talking on the phone. I did have a job uh, where I was. This was very young in my career, where I was just trying to make money and survive. Where I actually did play one of those. I, I not play. I actually had a job as a uh, solicitor phone caller, and uh, that job lasted about thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, god! I went down the list, and I was like, "Hello, Mr. Smith. How are you today?" And uh, click. <laughs> as soon as you, as soon as you get through the. And how are you today? It was a click, you know. <laughs> and after about 35 clicks and one old lady yelling at me that, I don't know, I, I can't remember specifically something about her dog. I don't know. But I said, I can't do this. I said, it's, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a good actor. I could take rejection, but I can't take the non-interactive rejection. Mm. But uh, my advice for Sandy would be, You can't picture them in their underwear because you're talking over the phone, So that (laughs) doesn't work like the old stage uh, thing, the stage fright. But what I say to myself is the person you're going to be talking to in 100 years, they're going to be taking a dirt nap just like you. And it won't matter. I just, you know, I sit there. That's what I do. When I I sit there and I go on an audition, I go, you know, 100 years from now, this is going to be the most irrelevant moment. In history, I say. So what you have to do is you have to you have to believe that your mortality and their mortality puts you on equal ground, puts you on equal footing. That the person at the other end of that phone is no less or no more human than you are, and that puts you on an equal footing. So it should basically give you the frame of mind: is, is I'm just talking to another Homo sapien. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. I like you're just that. talking. You're just talking to somebody else that's got blood, flesh, goes to the bathroom like you, eats like you. Well, you'd think they would. Who knows? Everybody's got their fetishes. But, you know.
1: <laughs> you know, I was going to say, too, I've never heard dirt nap before, but I think that is the the gentlest euphemism for death <laughs> that I've ever heard. I love it. Grandma. Grandma's taking a dirt nap, son, so yeah. she's, she won't yeah. be able to come to the phone. I also <laughs> think that you can't, to your point, you can't imagine them in their underwear because it's over the phone. But no. you can actually be in your underwear, which I think makes yeah. me feel the most comfortable. You could maybe you could pull a Tom Cruise sliding down in Risky Business on his hardwood floor. Maybe add the socks, whatever you want. But get comfortable to where you feel silly enough where you can be like, you know what, this is just a silly phone call, and I'm in yeah. my underwear.
0: So. I, I would say make your favorite sandwich, put it right in front of you, make the phone call while you're staring at your favorite sandwich or your favorite food. You know, maybe you got it. Maybe you love pizza. Order a pizza, put it right in front of you so that you're smelling, you're smelling the beautiful aroma of the pizza. Oh. And that and, and, and that, that makes the call insignificant, you know, because you've got something more important right in front of you
1: exactly and if you yeah. feel nervous while you're talking with them take a little bite take a little nibble that'll help you bring you back into your zen zone your zos yeah. zone yeah and so
0: yeah, yeah. or you know, have a little bottle of scotch Yeah, i don't know
1: get if wasted sandy's, uh,
0: if sandy's old <laughs> yeah. no, don't get wasted then <laughs> <laughs> you'll say something you'll regret on the
1: <laughs> you'll feel way too comfortable no backtrack maybe a sip or two okay
0: that's I cool. would I would absolutely just, you know, food is really great and also music. Play your favorite song mm. literally like maybe two or three times right before you make that phone call. Play your favorite song because that's going to get you in a happier mood. It's going to get you in the frame of mind where hey, you know what? No matter how this phone call goes, I got my favorite song right there and I'll play it again afterwards. So, you know, just something that you really love. Food, music, whatever it is, and have that right next to you. Have it right by you. It's it's going to act sort of like a,
1: a buddy, you know, to mm-hmm. coach you through it. I yeah. love this. And I am jazzed to make my next call now. I would feel excited <laughs> to call people if this was the case. Uh, just make sure to limit yourself if you're going to do food uh, yeah, if, do like one uncomfortable phone call a day because if you're eating like six pizzas, that's gonna be bad, and you're gonna <laughs> feel uncomfortable in another way.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, also sit in your favorite room in the house. You know, sit if you have a favorite chair, if you have a favorite space. I mean, it could be a beanbag chair or in your living room, or for all you know, maybe it's a stool in your garage in front of all your tools. I don't know, but it wherever it is. Put sit in the most comfortable place that you love in your house. Everybody's got a favorite space in their house. Everybody does. And if it's the toilet, hey, who cares? Right?
1: Uh, th- yeah. Hey, that seat of choice. I mean, that's where you should feel the most relaxed, technically. Exactly. So. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: I have <laughs> I am we all have uncomfortable moments on the toilet. <laughs> That's true.
1: That's true. It's, it's a little bit of give and take. There's some good yes. days and bad days. Exactly. I will say one of my favorite spots now is my wife and I invested in a hammock. Well, two hammocks, one for me and one nice. for her. I, nice. I love those things. I've never used one before. And I feel... Yeah. As comfortable as I did in the womb, probably. I don't remember that, but I feel embraced in a way that I just, I'm all, I'm just missing the umbilical cord, but it's wonderful. (laughs) So I feel like I could take any call I wanted from a hammock and I would be good.
0: Yeah. It'd be tough to get out of that thing too. I mean, you get so comfortable. You just don't want to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. It's so nice. It's so (laughs) nice.
1: All right. Well, I feel like we gave loads of advice to this person. So good luck. We're going on to our next and last question. This one is found by a fan, Laura. Thank you, Laura. She found it on Reddit. It said... What would be some good stag-do activities to do at home with friends? I have about four friends I will be inviting to a stag-do. I want to do something in the day, and ideally I would like to spend the evening at home with my friends, where we eat pizza, maybe some board games, and of course some alcohol. I would love to have some other stuff to do, though, to make it an evening they'll never forget. Like, is there anything I could arrange for the day? Is there anything else we could do? A stag
0: do. I I have no idea. I'm probably too old, but I don't even know what a stag do is.
1: I have never heard this in the United States, but I heard some English gentlemen, British gentlemen say a stag do. Well, they said a stag party, and I think that's. I know what that is. Yeah. Okay. It's all got.
0: That's like a bachelor party, isn't it? A stag yeah. Party.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know what a stag do is. That's it. Almost reminds okay. me of like a hairstyle similar to a deer. I don't know. Okay. So but this is Laura, right? Or Laura. Laura found the question. Laura. The okay. stag doer. I'm not sure what his name is. Stag. Okay. stagley Stanley. Stagley. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, so is it an
0: all guys party or is it a mixed couples party or all, what is it?
1: It's, all guys. It can be all
0: guys. Okay. All right. All guys party. You don't want to the only, the only games that the guys are going to want to play is beer pong. Okay. <laughs> there are a young group of guys who set up a big table and get a lot of solo cups and get a lot of beer and some ping pongs. And, uh, you know what? It's, it's like, uh, they'll, they'll be busy all night. You know, it's just like your cat with a laser pointer, just, uh, <laughs> give them that and he'll, he'll be good to go for a couple of hours. Um, other than that, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if the objective is to have a lot of fun, um, first of all, you, you find what all the guys have in common, what they like, if they have a specific sport in mind, mm. um, you know, maybe they want to uh, maybe they want to attend a sport event or well, of course, with the pandemic, I don't know if that's possible. Um, but then again, you can all get together and watch maybe, uh, maybe they like, if they like, uh, soccer or football or, you know, uh, they can, they can corral and play some games that involve that. Um, that's a good idea. And I'm trying to stay away from the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, a bunch of guys, there's only, there's only like three or four things that guys really like, and it's, uh, food, sports, sex, and what? Sleep. I guess I, I, something like cars, sometimes they like car, you know, automobiles or cars. So find out what the group collectively like shares in common and then go from there. Because I mean, it, it, you're not going to please everybody.
1: Right. Um, Send a poll and-, and be like, do you like food, sex, sex, Cars, <laughs> all of the above, and see what they answer the most, and then whatever tells that is. Me this
0: place is gonna be—it's gonna be beer pong and strippers.
1: <laughs> uh, okay,
0: yeah, You know, you're adults. You know, I don't—I don't, I don't tell you what to do. But, um, you know, if this is a stag do, there's definitely got to be some, some, you know, some machismo events going on in there. Something that's, you know, get them, uh, get them something that's going to keep them all you know excited and interested and uh yeah definitely um agree if if the guy's going to get married or something if there's something like that then yeah you got to do the bachelor party kind of thing maybe a pub crawl that ends up somewhere and you know (laughs) it's just uh yeah yeah organize something that has backup plans for for intoxication like ubers or you know Make sure that everything is done in a safe manner and, and nobody's gonna, you know, end up the next day missing or in another country somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh, those are the those are the worst. For that person, they're the best for the others. They get to tell the story, yeah. but yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean it's it's tough because it's a pandemic. So, you know, if you if you're pretty much restricted to inside, then I would try to bring as many outside type events and just miniaturize them. Mm -hmm. you know bring them into a smaller area beer pong is a great thing to have fun with i mean you can only play so much you know make sure you have a good list of music you know if you guys are all going to be hanging out there i i would definitely say get a consensus on the music you guys want to listen to and make sure you have a enough time for that um uh, lots of junk food yeah lots of junk food i would definitely you definitely want to have the salty and the sweet mixed together so that they go back and forth, you know, while they're drinking. So cakes and Doritos or Fritos and chips like that. And yeah, man, just, you know, find out, just get little tidbits from everybody and listen. That's what I do every time for my wife when I can't figure out what to get her for Christmas. I spend the whole year like listening to her. What was that? Oh yeah. You like that? Okay write it down in your little notepad stick it away and yeah and then all of a sudden when christmas comes around she's like oh my
1: god you remember you know (laughs) that's you know what i do i go on her pinterest boards i sneak on there and see what she likes and what she's pinned unfortunately i don't know if this translates because i don't know if brad and chad have pinterest boards about what they like to do at stag do's however i feel like you have just given a smorgasbord of Uh, splendid ideas and I loved miniaturizing the the events that you would do going out during a pen and in a pandemic making them all at home so do I mean if you want to miniaturize if you guys like soccer foosball you guys like yeah. uh, basketball, beer pong. Make sure yeah. that you have your salties, your your savories, your sweets, your beers, yep. maybe some yep. hard alcohols. Make sure that yep. maybe buy a couple hammocks for people to sleep if they need a place <laughs> to spend the night or a sleeping bag. <laughs> That's right. And- make sure you,
0: when you drill into the walls, you make sure you hit the studs.
1: Uh, Yes, that's right, or else you're going to have a couple (laughs) couple thuds of your compadres. So make sure that the hammocks are built right. And, yeah, I think other than that, the guys should – they'll have a good time. I think it's the quality time that you're spending with the people that you choose to is the key factor. And as long as you let them know that after five games of beer pong, then I think you're going to be – in a good spot it'll be a successful stag do yeah
0: well if you're going to be any part of this if there's gonna be a bunch of guys and you're hosting this thing just just lock your door go into your bedroom lock the door and and just say all right guys i'll see you tomorrow and make sure you have about 30 romantic comedy movies that you can hang out and watch up there on your tv in your room while they're just going off the wall (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly doing their stag things or whatever yeah. the vernacular is oh well well tim this was an absolute blast but we've come to the end so i just wanted to say huge thank you for joining and and uh helping give some advice hey no problem happy to help i was also gonna ask what have you got going on what would you like to plug uh what would you like to tell my audience gosh gosh
0: you know, this, this pandemic's just wiped everybody out for a whole year, but I'm, I'm coming back online. Um, I've, I'm anticipating some more projects this coming year. Uh, I have a two that, two projects that are in post-production and will probably be out at some film festivals. They're both short films that I produced and, uh, and was part of. And um, But for the most part, I would say, just, hey, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on uh, my IMDb page. Go check it out. IMDb.me backslash Timothy McLaughlin. You can see my stuff that I'm going to put up there. Follow me on Instagram if you want. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm going to follow you back more than more than likely, unless you're a crazy stalker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I'm not a huge social media guy, but mm-hmm. Instagram is where I usually post my I'll post some of my uh, family stuff and I'll also post some of my professional stuff. And uh, that is, uh, you can find that on um, Instagram is at the Timothy Mac and there you can find me. So uh, yeah, just you know, give me a follow, say you saw the show. You could also send me uh, messages there if you want because I think once you follow each other, you can message each other. And uh, if you had any other questions and uh, you want me to uh, plan your stag party or maybe you want me to make the phone call for you.
1: You know. Oh, he does both.
0: I'll do it it in a Scottish
1: accent or something. You know.
0: (laughs) Hey, how you doing, Lottie? (laughs) Calling for a
1: Sunday. (laughs) Is this the DMV of Auckland? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Oh well, Tim, it was an absolute blast. If you want to hang on for about thirty seconds after I say goodbye to my audience, we can, you know, do a little chit chat of post episode details. But audience, you guys have been great listeners. I am so happy you decided to stick it all the way through and and thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Please be careful if you're making any uncomfortable phone calls or planning your stag do parties. But other than that, we love you guys and we'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Take care. Woo wee wee woo that was the end. I know I'm sounding like a toddler and I'm reversing like Benjamin But before I get into my infantile stage, I just wanted to say Goo goo Gaga, thank you for listening to this wonderful episode with Timothy McLaughlin What an amazing actor, and you know what, you guys can get your act together And follow him, support him, links are in the show notes And then you can go follow me, support me, links are in the show notes Instagram at a Comedy Advice Podcast, bam, killer content I've taken some of those audio clips and video clips and mashed them for this beautiful, it's like a Zack Snyder director's cut. Except it's Stefan, Sitani director's cut. And it's beautiful. And uh subscribe if you have not subscribed. Please, subscribe. Become a sp- subscription that I can add to my repertoire. Because you guys are all beautiful. You guys are like a beautiful set of colors that I can make into this mosaic of fans. And put it on my wall, and you guys are amazing, thank you so, 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 so much, grazie mille, merci beaucoup, and, you know, fucking German, whatever they say, donkey, donkey, is that what they say, donkey, donkey, I'm pretty sure that's German, okay, perfect, well, love you guys, thank you so much, don't forget to leave a review, love, 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 love,